0: Brought to you by Charity Mobile, the phone company that shares your values. More information is available at CharityMobile.com. Two Jesuit outlets are now reporting that Francis is going to functionally overturn Humane Vitae and permit Catholics to use artificial barriers to being fruitful and multiplying, that Francis is going to correct God's great commandment itself, given to our first parents when they were expelled from the garden. It is being reported that he is going to do what no pope in the past century dared to do, that he is going to do what even the Second Vatican Council didn't dare to do, and in so doing, he is going to make the point that everyone in the Recognize and Resist camp have been making since the beginning, that a rupture has happened between the Church in our time and what the Church has always taught historically. When talking about this topic, I want you to hold on to this bit of Catholic history. Keep this in mind. St. Francis of Assisi gave the members of his then-fledgling Franciscan order a prophecy more than a thousand years ago about a future age of the Church characterized by sin, division, and darkness. It's very short. Here is that prophecy. Quote, The time is approaching in which there will be great trials and afflictions, perplexities and dissensions both spiritual and temporal, will abound. The charity of many will grow cold, and the malice of the wicked will increase. The devils will have unusual power. The immaculate purity of our order and of others will be so much obscured that there will be very few Christians who will obey the true sovereign pontiff and the Roman church with loyal hearts and perfect charity. At this time of tribulation, a man, not canonically chosen, will be raised to the pontificate, who by his cunning will endeavor to draw many into terror and death. Then scandals will be multiplied, our order will be divided, and many others will be entirely destroyed, because they will consent to error instead of opposing it. There will be such diversity of opinions and schisms among the people, the religious and the clergy, that except those days were shortened, according to the words of the gospel, even the chosen saints would be led into error, were they not specially guided amid such great confusion by the immense mercy of God. Then our rule and manner of life will be violently opposed by some, and terrible trials will come upon us. Those who are found faithful will receive the crown of life, but woe to those who, trusting solely in their order, shall fall into tepidity, for they will not be able to support the temptations permitted for the proving of the chosen. Those who preserve in their fervor and adhere to virtue with love and zeal for the truth will suffer injuries and persecutions as rebels and schismatics, for the persecutors urged on by the evil spirits will say they are rendering a great service to God by destroying such pestilent men from the face of the earth. But the Lord will be the refuge of the afflicted and will save all who trust in him. And in order to be like their head, Christ, these, the chosen, will act with confidence, and by their death will purchase for themselves eternal life, choosing to obey God rather than men. They will fear nothing, and they will prefer to perish rather than consent to falsehood and perfidy. Some preachers will keep silence about the truth. Others will trample it underfoot and deny it. Life itself will be held in derision, even by those who outwardly profess it. For in those days, Jesus Christ will send them not a true pastor, but a destroyer. End quote. Francis is going to issue a new encyclical overturning Humanae Vitae. This is not surprising, but it comes at a time when he is busily remaking the church into the image and likeness of the world. In the name of synodality, he's doing this, no less. This dark news comes out of America Magazine. I've got a bit of personal advice for you. When the modernists are trying to tell you something, it's best to listen. They'll tell you everything you need to know about what they want to do. Just don't internalize their message. Don't take their message and accept it, but listen to what they have to say, because they will tell you what they're doing. Here we get the news that Francis is going to overturn Humanae Vitae, Paul VI's landmark encyclical that marked the high point of his papacy. During the upheavals of the 1960s, Paul VI took a hard stand against the move going on in the broader society to reject the moral foundations of Christianity in the name of pleasure and liberation. Paul VI reminded the world of the proper ends of the nuptial sacrament, the marital bond and the marital act, and he even reminded them that certain activities were limited to that state in life. This Saturday, I'll have a document on how the modernists rejected that statement in his time, feeding the idea into the heads of Catholics they didn't need to listen to him on that, and how the typical bishop and parish priest largely gave up trying to enforce the moral standards of the church altogether on this. For now, let's focus on how Francis is going to absolutely prove that he doesn't have the faith, for those who haven't figured that out already. From America Magazine, quote, Pope Francis has encouraged a process of Theological renewal on many fronts. Wow. But perhaps nowhere more significant than the realm of theological ethics and moral theology. In four of his landmark papal documents, Evangelii Gaudium, Laudato Si, Amoris Laetitia, and Veritatis Gaudium, and in countless speeches, catechetical talks, and homilies throughout his papacy, he has revived the Church's long-standing tradition the primacy of an individual's informed conscience, and, among others, the role of discernment in moral decision-making. The Pope's teachings in these authoritative documents have influenced how theology is taught in Catholic universities and seminaries throughout the world, and have also given church scholars much sought-after permission and freedom to explore new horizons in Catholic theology. Under the recent papacy, theologians are empowered to ask complex questions that touch on the messy, real-life issues that affect the faithful, without fear of being silenced the Pope's efforts to revitalize the Catholic Church's understanding and approach to the moral life could take yet another major leap forward. A new essay entitled, and there's an Italian title here that I'm out of respect for the Italian language and people I'm not going to destroy in my pronunciation, but continuing, which translates to English as Rereading the Theological Ethics of Life and was published June 30th on La Civita Cattolica, The Jesuit led periodical whose content is approved by the Vatican's Secretariat of State before publication could place renewed emphasis on this often fraught area of reflection in the life of the church. Interesting times lie ahead if the reflections reported in this essay speak to what may be afoot at the Vatican. It is legitimate to ask if Pope Francis will give us a new encyclical or apostolic exhortation on bioethics that might be called Gaudium vitae, the joy of life, said, Jorge José Ferrer, S.J., the author of the essay, a priest and professor of moral theology at the Pontifical Catholic University of Puerto Rico, Were such a papal document forthcoming would spark a wide-ranging reflection on the ethics of human life that could lead to a new and definitive papal teaching document on issues as polarizing as chemical barriers to being fruitful and multiplying, assisted procreation, and palliative care, end quote. Yeah, Francis is going there. They wouldn't put this out there if he wasn't going there. He's going to end Humanae Vitae. He's going to issue an encyclical telling Catholics that there are circumstances that permit defying God's great commandment to be fruitful and multiply. Francis is going to hand the church over to the forces obsessed with the flesh and with fleeting pleasure. It leads to a lot of questions that have to be asked. Questions I've asked before, since he surrounds himself with men of the James Martin variety. Why does he do that? See himself wrapped up in the sins of the flesh? Or is he being led here by his secular allies, who are misanthropic to the point that they want far fewer people on this earth than we have at the moment, to the point where they openly admit that they want fewer of us around? There, these are legitimate questions I have for Francis, and the evidence only points to one place, that Francis is remaking the church into the image and likeness of the world, that ape of the church of Catholic prophecy, that he is the destroyer pope of the prophecy of St. Francis of Assisi. And if he isn't that destroyer pope, then may the Lord help us when that day comes, when we get that person. La Chavilla Cattolica is one of the premier Catholic publishing outfits in the church. I mean, it's overseen by the Cardinal Secretariat of State. It used to be one of great respect until the Jesuits went off the deep end of modernism and turned it into a highbrow rag too dangerous for the typical Catholic to read. The article from that once mighty outlet has the headline, Reading the Theological Ethics of Life, in Light of Pope Francis's Requests. There are some enormous admissions made in the article, including that the Synod of Synodality has led us to this place. From the article, quote, precisely inclusion in synodality can serve us as keys to reading the work, which has the requisites to develop a broad debate over the years to come. These kinds of ethics, the ethics of life, are not just about scientific problems or the protection of the autonomy of those who take part in this kind of research. It is also necessary to include all the great challenges relating to the flowering of life, not just human life on our planet. Therefore, global problems correlated with well-being and justice, with ecology, with genetic technology, and even with war are relevant in it. End quote. That description was used to justify the variety of heterodox articles that will be included in that issue, but remember, they're all being described as the product of synodality. Francis is expected in cyclical letter as well. Remember, traditional Catholicism, bad. Defying God's great commandment were to be fruitful and multiply, good. I expect Francis will use some new understanding of science and human life to tell us that is why he thinks changing the teaching of the church on this matter is necessary when the Church has had the same teaching on this since the very beginning. All Paul VI did was reiterate what the Church always believed when he issued Humanae Vitae. Forty years prior to Paul VI issuing Humanae Vitae, Pius XI issued a Similar encyclical that is frankly far better than Humanae Vitae called Casti Canubi, which really dived deeply into the ethics and acceptable behaviors in the sacramental nuptial bond. And all Pius XII, or Pius XI, rather, was doing at that time was reiterating timeless church teaching to a world that in the 1920s and 30s was already rejecting the teaching, mostly coming from secularists and, and Protestant groups through their, uh, through various ecumenical groups of their own. And yes, even the Orthodox were beginning to reject it at that time. The Catholic Church stands alone on this issue, and now Francis is ready to complete the rupture the modernists established with the past with this new critical document. I started this with a bit of Catholic prophecy, and I'll remind you of another bit of Catholic prophecy. Sister Lucia, famous for being the earthly messenger of Our Lady of Fatima, told us that the final battle between heaven and hell would be over the nuptial sacrament, integrity of marriage, that would be fought over the family itself. She told this to Cardinal Caffarra many years ago. 1 Peter 5 ran an interesting article putting that together with other messages of Our Lady. I'll quote it here to give you an idea of what we're dealing with. The piece includes a message from the Marian apparition misnamed Our Lady of Good Success. Its real name is not Good Success. Its real name is Our Lady of the Good Event of the Purification, according to the nuns who oversee the shrine in Quito, Ecuador. I have a whole video on that, and you should check it out. Here, we should be reminded that her title matters and we should try to get it right. But anyway, the article unites that message, the message of Akita, and it's a nearly perfect description of our time in the church now. Quote, Does this come to those of us watching the events currently unfolding in the church? We have referenced various apparitions in the past that are related to this, beginning with our Lady of Good Success, uh, Boyan Success De La Purificacion, in the 17th century. Quote, Thus, I make it known to you that from the end of the 19th century and shortly after the middle of the 20th century, the passions will erupt and there will be a total corruption of morals. As for the sacrament of matrimony, which symbolizes the unity of Christ with his church, it will be attacked and deeply profaned. The stonecutters, which will then be in power, will enact iniquitous laws, the aim of doing away with the sacrament, making it easy for everyone to live in sin and encouraging fruitfulness without the blessing of the church. In this supreme moment of need for the church, the one who should speak will fall silent. When we reflect on the division among prelates at the synod, Our Lady of Akita comes to mind quote, The work of the devil will infiltrate even into the church in such a way that one will see cardinals opposing cardinals, bishops against bishops. The priests who venerate me will be scorned and opposed by their confreres, churches and altars sacked. Church will be full of those who accept compromises, and the demon will press many priests and consecrated souls to leave the service of the Lord, end quote. Amazingly, the synod the author's talking about isn't the synod on synodality, it's the synod on the family, which gave us a Morris Latitia like six years ago. But it equally applies to today. Should Francis release this document and change the fundamental moral teaching of the faith, cardinals will oppose cardinals like never before. Our voices will become marginal at best. There's one more bit of the Fatima message that comes to mind. Sister Lucia told us that more souls go to eternal perdition for the sins of the flesh than for any other sin. That says a lot in any other modern Marian apparition, alleged apparition, that contradicts it should be dismissed out of hand, including the one out there right now saying that most people go to purgatory. The church has never said that. The church has always said that was the case, that more souls go to perdition for the sins of the flesh than for any other sin. And at Fatima, Our Lady repeated what the church has always taught on that. And Francis has been normalizing various sins of the flesh for his entire time running the church. Now he's going to attempt to do so formally. And people wonder why I report on his evil deeds with such harshness. What do you think of this story? How hard are our lives as Catholics going to get when we try to uphold the teachings of the church on this issue? Let me know in the comments what you think about this, and let me know when you expect to see Francis unleash this error on this church. He loves to do this on Marian Feast Days, which I should go over in a future video think of it as a hint about that or a sequel to that Pacamama Mama video that I did about a month ago because that's where you got a hint of that at first because he did all those things on Marian feast days or days important to various Marian movements in the church but I should go over his broader actions on Marian feast days because he has a pattern of doing these things on those days in particular let me know what you think that means and like and subscribe if you haven't it really does help and share this on social media if you can it helps a lot as well as always pray for the church i'm anthony stein Ave Maria.